Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. Like that. Uh, but anyway, um, 
Yeah, man. I want to, like, again, I was mentioning earlier that this is a uh, best show. I just want to start with the U.S. Women's Open because um, it's just so – I don't want to call this a story because we've had black champions before. We, You know, we've had, you know, other momentous uh, events go on in tennis. But these are two first-timers. And, yeah. and what's significant about the two first-timers, the slowest Davis and Madison Keys, is that – both of them were coming off significant injuries. I mean, it's just, it's, I think, you know, with Sloan Stevens had a foot, and I think Madison Keys, I forgot what ailment she had going on, but in this case of Sloan Stevens, she was she was dropped all the way down to, like, below 900th in the world. And now, thanks to a title win, she's going to be in the top 20 at least, maybe top 10. Yeah. And it's been a long journey for Sloan Stevens. And, you know, even though she orchestrated a beatdown on Madison Keys, I think Madison Keys is going to be back. I mean, she, we haven't seen the last Madison Keys. And, oh, no. You know, I, I just think that these two sisters, um, they are, I mean, it just, it just celebrates to me the diversity, at least on the women's side, you know, and, 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 and including if you go to the men's side, the young man, uh, I, I forget his name. Who challenged? Who took Roger Federer to five sets in the opening round? I think he's a DC native. Um, oh, you're talking about you know, the young man that's from from uh, Montgomery County. I can't remember what his name yeah. is, but I know the exactly Ford, who you're referring to. Something like that. I'll look it up. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's the I think it's the or something like that. It starts with a T. But anyway, um, but I just want to go back to the women's side. And he's basically what I'm trying to say is is that I think. Uh, uh, you know, these two, in addition to Coco Vandeweghe, who lost in the semifinals, Madison Keys, I think the women's, the future women's tennis is in good hands. Yeah. And you know, I and and and, and um, it, it just it just goes to show that I think we've got a preview of how the women's tennis will look after the after the Williams sisters' the, uh, departure. And I and, and as I said before. American women's tennis looks bright. The future looks very bright with these three young stars. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that they're going to be fine. I guess the, the American women's – American tennis is going to be fine as, pertaining to, as it pertains to the women's side. Yes, and, and the thing that I hope – I mean, I already know that, of course, there are tons of young kids that are still out there playing tennis. The numbers aren't what they once were. And when you compare them to other kids' sports, it's not as high, especially as, uh, as soccer right now. Right. But, um, you know, the, the, the hope is that the young kids that are watching right now are going to become part of that rotation that somewhere between five to ten years, when Stevens and, and Keys and Vanderway, when they're all done, these ne- that next crop of kids can come in, the next generation that'll be able to step in and be fine right. and, and keep uh, U.S. women's tennis at this level. Yes. And, you know, again, I can't help but go back to the diversity of it all. I mean, when we're doing the, doing the presentation, um, the Detroit presentation, you know, I guess the lady, the lady who's the, I think she's the head of USTA, um, is, is, is a sister. And she was presenting the award, and she, she, and, 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 and you know, along with the commentators of ESPN, the pundits, they were celebrating the diversity. And mm-hmm. I'm like thinking, well, that's nice, but 
but you had that with the Williams sisters. <laughs> you know, it's almost as <laughs> if the Williams sisters were like forgotten. And, and, and I mean, I mean, I don't know how Stone Stevens came up, and I don't, I don't think she came up through the USTA system. I know that her coach is not sponsored through the USTA system. Master Keys may have come through it, but I'm not too sure. It's just just that uh, I just hope that the USDA celebrates these women of color. I hope that they use that to encourage other kids of color to pick up the sports, pick up the tennis record. I mean, granted, not – I mean, not – I mean – the Williams sisters didn't have the big impact as, as Tiger Woods, for example, with golf and with young mm-hmm. people of color, kids of color, picking up the, the, the golf clubs, including men, too, uh, picking up the golf club, the, the, the golf club, thanks to Tiger Woods' dominance. But still, I think it's to be so. I think the fact that the Williams sisters are celebrated, particularly amongst us, is because they embrace who they are, namely where they yeah. came from and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I think Sloane Stevens is in, is in the same vein. I mean, I think that she, I mean, what 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 she, the her speech about not giving up, even though coaches and folks have counted her out at the at the at the, at the tennis academies when she was a child, and then her mother kept her, kept pushing, kept her pushing, and everything to get where she is. I mean, hell, again, she came up with off of a off of a, off of a foot injury that saw her plummet down to in the 900s in the rankings, and now she's back where I think that she was supposed to be in the first place. She has the game. She always had the game to do as a matter of put it together mentally. But I just hope and that, that you know, be like, like because talking to other people in, in around, who's around the tennis world, who's around tennis a lot, like my homegirl, Jania Reed, like she was on the podcast a couple of times, like early in the summer. Okay. Um, she doesn't think that they, the USCA, really embrace, embraces like tennis players of color, particularly young mm. people. But, you know, and, she, and she, she can go on and on about that. And as I heard that repeated by more than one particular person. So wow. uh, I, I take that to be almost gospel, which is too bad. So yes. I, that's why I was saying about celebrating the verse and everything because I I think that I you know I just I just think that the future of women's tennis is so is, of women's American tennis is so bright and again that's why I throw Coke, I throw Coco Vandewey in there as well I mean but you know, the thing is of those three women two two of them are women of color and and I just hope that USTA gets behind them. All three, for that matter, but particularly Madison and Sloan. I hope that they hype them up. Hope that they celebrate them. Basically, mm-hmm. I hope that they do what they didn't do for the Williams sisters. Um, yes, and, and that's to really promote them and really sell them as the face of American women's tennis because they've earned it. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. just saying this because I'm a black dude and I want them to support black women, but They've earned it. Madison earned it. Uh, mm-hmm. Sloan has definitely earned it with the title shot and, 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 you know, with the title. And I, yeah. I think that's the future. That's, that's the future, along with Coco Vandewey. That, that's, the, that's the American women's tennis future. That's, that's, exactly. You know, so I hope that they 
promote them. I hope they, they that that the USTA does right by them, and just really, really give the give these give these ladies the support and hype that they deserve. You know, now, basically to, what to they piggyback do off of. Now to piggyback off of what you said, real briefly, um, yeah. yeah, like you said with the Williams sisters, I, I think one of the benefits for them, especially when you're talking about their story, like you said, is mm-hmm. because of where they came from. You know, no disrespect for from saying that you know if they came from, say maybe like Flushing, New York, or if they came sure. from say, uh, 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 Richmond, Virginia. Well, Richmond's pretty tough, but if they came yeah. from say maybe like. Uh, 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 Omaha, Nebraska, something like that. No, they came from Compton, California. They came from the hood. So that was a way they came for. From the hood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, they, they really came from the hood, you know, and, and, and it was something that those that are in, in uh, uh, urban situations can, can, you know, attach themselves to, especially when they were very young and they came out with the braids, with the beads, and people questioned yeah. that. It was just them being them. And, you know, it was a situation, unfortunately, where the Williams sisters had to snatch being the face of women's tennis in the United States. You know, unfortunately, out of the hands of the USCA to prove to to the world that, you know, we're the best. Now, one of the things that I guess is probably why it was never celebrated as much, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but out of my old mind, I just recollect a lot of the times the Williams sisters were always in the same bracket. So it was a rarity yeah. that the both of them would ever end up in the finals together. Even though it has happened in, in several tournaments, it was a rarity because they were always on the same side. But in this case, when you right. have everybody coming in to that final four and it wasn't a situation where they knocked each other out on their, on their own side, you know, it, right. it, it, it makes it easier for it to be celebrated. And thankfully it was a situation where that happened because you had no right. choice but to, to say something about what was going on. Um, yeah, and you're right. Unlike golf, where that uh, – uh, uh, I, I would say the difference between golf and tennis is that, especially when it comes to African-Americans, it was like it came from a place of nowhereness to where it is now. You know, it, it's almost like people uh, – I would say at least maybe 10 to 20% of – the brothers our age that we know play golf on a regular basis. Right. And that's right. solely because of, exactly. of the influence of Tiger Woods and a combination of what they do for a living. Now, with yeah. tennis, I don't know if it was necessarily not a rise. I just say that it just stayed, you know, almost level. You know, it, it didn't necessarily dip. It didn't necessarily rise, but it stayed level. So that same group is still there. Once again, I don't have the numbers mm. in front of me to prove it to be true. That's just my guess, and that's my, my guesstimation from what I've seen. You know, growing up, it was almost like the, the same amount of people playing tennis and almost the same people playing tennis. Maybe an additional a person here or there who wanted to introduce their child to something completely new. But it, it was it was not to the point where you would say that blacks were hurting but it wasn't a place where it was thriving either. You, you'd always see the same right. four or five black kids in the, in the tennis camp. You would like to see numbers increase, but unfortunately, like golf, like ice, like, like skating, like I've seen in, 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 in my recent years of working with um, uh, uh, local parks and recs departments, those sports are expensive. 
And, and you know, it's not like soccer where you just go ahead and get your child a uniform, you know, get them some a little bit of equipment and put them on out there. You know, you got to go ahead and make an investment, especially if it's something that they, they're going to want to do for the long term. And be good. And they travel. They travel to tournaments. They travel to the tournaments yes. and everything. It's it, it's 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 crazy, man. It's it, and now I'll be by the resources for it. Be, I mean, it's just like Shannon Sharp said once on, on, on Undisputed. This is I guess, guess it was last year uh, mm-hmm. around this time. He just came out and and if you are if you're really honest, tennis is a white country club sport. It's just this. Yeah. It's a very Ritzy sport that not a lot of people of color have access to. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, necessarily gravitate towards. And I don't, I don't want to say that's by design. It's just it is what it is. So to see yeah. the Williams sisters like just rural tennis, not only Americans but tennis in general, especially Serena, for the past several years, and now you see these new crop of stars. You know Madison and in uh, 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 Sloan. It, 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 I just hope that I, I just hope that the USTA as a whole embraces those two young women and, and just push them forward as the face of American tennis because again they just they earned it. I don't want to yes. say they deserved it. They earned it. Earned it. Because mm-hmm. deserve to say someone because deserve is such a subjective word. Yes. Earn it. Yes, very. They are. They straight up earned it, so they can't say anything going for. I, I just hope that they do really do right by them. So, again, congrats to Sloane Stevens. It's a long time coming, and I, I don't think you're going to see the last of her. I don't think you're going to see the last of Madison. I don't think you're going to see the last mm-hmm. of Coco. So they're going to be around. So I think we both think the future of America, women's American tennis is in great hands. To like particularly after the Williams sisters eventually decide to hang them up. So, yeah, matter of fact, just uh, one quick point in, in there yeah, earning it. It was the fact that uh, Sloan defeated Venus. So that makes it even That's more right. of an earning. You know, when you come, mm-hmm. it, it, it stands out of my mind when I think about this. You talk about pro wrestling. You know, I'm a fan. Yes. Yes, I am. Rick Flair has a fantastic <laughs> quote In order to beat a man, you got to beat the man. And right. in every sport, when you think about it, in order for that next person to be literally crowned, I guess you, if you were the king of that sport for that next phase, you have to be mm-hmm. that great person that was there ahead of you. You look at it with the NBA, especially in the 80s and 90s, in order for Mike to do it, he had to get past mm-hmm. Magic, you know, and, yep. and, and he had to get past the Pistons, you know, regardless of however you feel about that situation. Another story for another time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, same thing. With the, uh, the the Cowboys and the, and, the, and the Niners of the 90s, they had to beat one yep. another in order for them to win a title and then move on. And same thing with the Packers. So it, it it happens in all sports. In order for you to be respected as that next, you have to beat that person that was there ahead of you. Same thing, LeBron James and that and that uh, Boston Celtics team uh, of of the 2000s. He had to beat them, get That's past right. them in order for him to be crowned, uh, if you will, mm-hmm. king for those who want to have that debate. Who want to so. do such a but, thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want to vibe in that, go right ahead. Go yeah, right but, you ahead. know, the whole thing is she, she earned it and, and, and did so yes. by beating a great predecessor. Right. 
There you go. That's a good way to clean it up. Uh, speaking of predecessors, <laughs> let's move on to week two of college football season. Um, lots to take away from week two. I mean, I mean, a lot of things stuck out. First of all, Oklahoma's beatdown of Ohio State at the shoot. Yes. It was mm-hmm. the final score wasn't even indicative of how lopsided that that game was. Clemson shutting down Auburn. I mean. Mm-hmm. That that def- I mean, Clemson is still that squad, yo. They, they're still that squad, even uh, even without uh, Deshaun Watson on offense. This this still it. Lamar Jackson being that dude against Carolina, accounted mm-hmm. for 700 total yards. Yes. 700 total yards, one dude. How does that happen? Yeah. Scoring six, what, like five that. touchdowns, five six touchdowns. How the hell yeah. does that happen? And um, you know what? And they wouldn't even that, That's out. what happens. That's what happens when, when you have players on your team talk. Just don't say nothing to the media about how, how somebody is not going to be affected. Yes. Just shut the hell up. <laughs> shut just your, shut up too. Just shut your ass up. I mean, don't don't <laughs> agitate him. Just, no. just let him just let him be, man. Let him run his mind his own business. And you, you know, you, we, and, and of course, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying we know this dude's resume. He shines in the first five weeks. Shut up. Yes. Shut up. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And as well as Georgia beating Notre Dame, and I have more yes. to say on Brian Kelly in a minute, um, which was a thrilling game. I think Notre Dame's much improved, but I think Georgia may be that good. Um, okay. But and, and also, you know, how about Duke? I know mm. they didn't. They haven't played a barn burner schedule, but they beat a good Northwestern team. And they beat them down. Beat them bad. They yes. Beat the hell out of them. And they look good on both sides of the ball. But what made out of those items, and you could have a couple more that I didn't mention if you like, what stood mm-hmm. out to you in week two of the college football season? It, 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 to me, it's those two, uh, well, two of the, the ones you've already named. Georgia's uh, win over Notre Dame because. Hmm. Let's just face it, over the past couple of years, Georgia is on a very short list of teams I don't trust. They come out early, but if if they get tested early by somebody, they end up faltering. I lose faith in them. That's why I don't hold my breath whenever they're ranked early, especially when they're ranked high. I never hold my breath for for the likes of Georgia and the likes of hmm, Ohio, Oklahoma. So those are the two teams that, you know, I, I see them in the top ten early. Eh, whatever. Call me in November, bruh. Let's see where they at. And right. usually that's what happens. Georgia, they came out, they beat the Notre Dame team. Fantastic. Let's see how they look when they play within the conference. But I'm not going to sit here and and, 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 and and beat my chest about how great the SEC is because we know that's not necessarily true. But they got to do what they got to do in the conference in order to prove themselves. Moving right. on to uh, Oklahoma. Happened. Yep. They, they not only did they beat Ohio State, they did it with the weight of the Big Twelve on their back, with, yeah. with the weight of, of Baylor losing to Liberty on their back. They they did that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With with a lot of a, a lot of stress weighing on them, and I understand why your boy decided he wanted to go ahead and plant that flag at the 50 yard line and, and then did his Beyonce afterwards. The sorry, I ain't sorry. Right. You know, I just thought that was hilarious. Right. But yeah, no, I apologize game, for it, by the way. 
No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He, he did what he did. He wanted to stop you know him from doing that, beat his ass in the field. Exactly. And you know what? He wasn't disrespectful. He could have pulled a fat five and rubbed his nuts on the O, but that's another story for another time. He only knew he was just playing the flag. Get over it. So they didn't right. stomp on the O. Yeah, whatever. Beat them. They don't do that. But, yeah, going into the right. game, I didn't think that Oklahoma could beat um, Ohio State, and they lambasted the boys at the crib. So what that means is what Oklahoma got to do it's just go ahead through the rest of the season and do what they do. They guarantee, yeah, right. you know, a, 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 maybe even a, a, a top two spot, depending on what happens between Clemson and 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 uh, Louisville this week. Which um, I'm about to change my mind on my pick that I made on the show last night, and um, uh, also what happens with SC. So, and they go ahead, they can easily be a, a number two seed. If they just went out, I think that if I'm not mistaken, bro, I think they're, I think the, the, the I think the, 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 uh, the, the uh, AP poll has them in the top ten. No, I'm sorry, in, 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 as a top two team. Let me just check right quick. If I'm okay. not mistaken, let me just just give me a quick moment here. I'm pulling up right now. No, they now. are two. They're two in, in, they're two in, in AP and third. three in the coaches. Yeah, right. The yeah. third in the coaches, but. Still a huge, a big jump from where they were at big before. Cause they were like, I think, I think fifth or sixth um, uh-huh. in the last poll for both polls. But nevertheless, that's pretty damn good. And the fact that, I, I you know, I think this is, that win was huge. Let's go back to Big 12. Mm-hmm. That, that win was huge for the Big 12 or all sorts of fronts. Oklahoma State said to be the front one. I had them winning. I had them winning. As you remember, they're, they're Big 12 and get in the college football playoff. This even strips yeah. the claim for the, the, the big for the college football play even more because you have a team in Oklahoma who went to Ohio State, a blue blood, mm-hmm. and beat that ass in the shoe. Not yeah. many teams can say that. Virginia Tech not did it a few years ago, but not many teams outside of those two squads can say that. Okay, mm-hmm. and. And and, 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 and and given the fact that Oklahoma State on paper is better than Oklahoma, if they beat Oklahoma during the regular season, they have Oklahoma coming to their place. And mm-hmm. if they happen to face them again in the uh, conference championship game the week after the following week, that could even – oh, hell, or, 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 or even if Oklahoma wins that – wins the championship as a one-loss team, if they will run the table the rest of the way – Either way, they're going to, the Big 12 is going to find a way in the college football playoff because, you know, in the first scenario, if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma twice and continues to run the table, they're undefeated. They beat a team that beat Ohio State on the road badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, which is huge because Oklahoma State's strongest out-of-conference out team on a schedule is Pitt. That's how weak their out-of-conference schedule is. So they got yeah. a big break with Oklahoma winning the way they did, and if mm-hmm. Oklahoma just say say that if Oklahoma did lose that game during the regular season to OK State, and then rebounds and wins the uh, um, the conference championship game as a one loss team, they're getting in. I don't see they're how they in. don't get in. I mean, yeah. granted, crazy things could happen outside of their control, but right now the Big Twelve is in a they're in a catbird seat, man. Yes, they're literally in the driver's seat. Yes, 
Yeah. yeah. As so, much as I, mean, I hate that, that phrase, control your own destiny, that's what they're doing right now. They they, they have yes. the, they have ownership of their situation. At best, mm-hmm. they can come in as a as a one seed even. At right. worst, with one loss that they can rectify, they can come in as a four. Right. 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 Maybe higher, maybe a three. You know, who, like who knows? Uh, because yeah. life's comments to look, look to be kind of balanced this this year. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that's 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 huge. That is huge for the Big Twelve. I can't express it enough. It's it's huge for the Big Twelve. Um, one thing I want to touch upon before we preview the second week, or I mean week three, I should say, of the of of of, of, of the college football season. Look, I, I'm not a big Notre Dame fan. I think most people who know me know that. But I do respect their tradition. I, I respect, you know, the, the fact that they, even though I think it's outdated, of playing, of being a football independent these these days, I think that that that's a dinosaur. And I think eventually they're, they're going to forego the independence and join the ACC in a few years. Maybe sooner rather or later, who knows. But I think it's an outdated proposition to give themselves a grueling schedule because, with that grueling schedule they have, they they have no shot of almost no shot at playing a national playing the college football playoff, let alone a national championship game, like they did in mm-hmm. 2012, where they got there on a fluke. But um, at any rate, you know, I, Brian Kelly at the end of that game, when that young lady brought the question, which is her job to do, and it's his job making the big bucks to do to take such questions. He didn't have to be all nasty. I don't know if you heard about this, but basically he gave condescending answers to a young lady who covers the covers the team as a beat writer. Excuse mm. me. And, um, and 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 basically when she said it was one possession game, he was he was like, no, it was one point. And you know when he was asking when she was asking the question before that, will this one point loss slowball since he had similar losses, heartbreaking losses last year? He's like. It's not going to snowball. I mean, so what's your question? I mean, things like that. He was just being oh. totally, totally. I mean, if you don't get a chance, YouTube. I don't have it in front of me right now, but he was being typical Brian Kelly. So mm-hmm. I know it's week two, but do maybe coach for his job the rest of the season. I mean, if you look at the at the rest of the schedule, they play they host USC. I don't think they're beating USC. They, no. they 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 go to Miami to play the Hurricanes. I don't think they win in that game. Um, they play NC State at the at at, at Notre Dame Stadium, which I'll be at that game. By the way, that'll be my first time. Oh wow! Seeing touchdown Jesus in person. Um, but that's a toss up. I mean, save my own feelings against NC State for NC State or against NC State in most cases. I think that's a toss up <laughs> game. They'll beat Wake. They should crush Carolina. Uh, but they're not beating Stanford as well. So basically, if you tell if you total up the number of L's, I think they're going to take that's three more L's. So if they don't lose the rest of the games, the rest of the games outside of those three games, they'll be coming in at eight and four, which ain't mm. bad. But it's not it's it's not what they expect. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they think they're Notre Dame, so they think they should win yeah. these nine to ten games per season. So. If, 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 if I say all that to say this, if Brian Kelly finishes below eight and four, I think he's gone. Even though he led to a national championship game in 2012, 
I mean, you know, college, the, the coaching business, any level, is what have you done for me lately. Okay? Yeah. And he hasn't done much lately the last few seasons. And I, I think if anything below even four, I think Kelly's gone and Notre Dame be looking for another head coach. And what is the average over the past four years? About seven wins, eight wins? Yeah, that sounds about right, seven to eight wins. Yeah, so. That's not good enough. It, you're right, it's not good enough. But my no, God, it, it wasn't you know, it wasn't Charlie Weiss, but um Oh God. Yeah, I, I went there, I'm sorry. Um but my God, <laughs> it, it, you're, you're right it's, it's, the wrist right now. <laughs> you know, it's 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 it'll be interesting if they do go eight and and, and four, eight and five one more time right. uh, uh, under uh under Brian Kelly, because it, it may, you might be right, but my question would be to uh, to whoever that is over in the athletic department over there in Notre Dame, who are you going to replace him with? That yeah, means, that's the point. Excuse, excuse me, you may have to go young and, and, and hope that it's someone that's going to be able to revitalize that program and, and, and someone that will be willing to stay there for a very long time, which is a rarity in, in sports as a whole. Will you get anyone right. that stays in one spot for a very long time? So, exactly, uh, which leads us to week number three. Um, you know, you have so many games that are under the radar, namely, uh, um, what is it, uh, LSU at Mississippi State? They're both two and zero. I mean, that's like the surprise bowl, if you will. Um, but I want to focus on Clemson and Louisville. Yeah, two two and old teams, both top fifteen teams. Whoever wins this game has the. I'm gonna go ahead and say it, even though it's early, even though Florida State game was post was canceled last week and will be postponed this week because they're supposed to be be playing the U. And mm-hmm. you know, Florida State doesn't have DeAndre Francois obviously out for a year with a knee injury. Um, whoever wins Clemson and Louisville. They're going to have the inside track on the ACC title of the because yeah. I don't think anyone from the coast is going to be out of those two teams in the championship game. Let's just say, let's no. just go ahead and say that. And even though Florida State has a hellified defense that's still so talented, which makes it so heartbreaking for them to lose Francois, they'll still be a factor. But mm. they're not being Clemson, and they're probably not being Louisville this year. Um, mm. So. And the thing is about Louisville is they're not as talented as they were last year on paper. But Lamar Jackson, again, he's that dude. I mean, yeah. he had to do what he did last week against Carolina and the previous week against Purdue where they struggled against both those squads. Both of them were, well, at least Carolina was a true road game. And people would say that the Purdue game that was played at Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium was a road game yeah. um, for them. So, I mean, they had to struggle, and, and yet Jackson had to do everything in spectacular fashion. I mean, dude has five touchdown passes, three rushing touchdowns. He has eight touchdowns in two games, 771 yards passing, 239 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Dude is averaging over, dude is averaging over what, 30, 380 yards passing and over 100 yards rushing. That's amazing. That is amazing. And if they Insane. do this, if, if he does this against Clemson, he 
is the front runner of the Heisman. They might as well give him the trophy. Yeah. I mean, because he this is a crop of good crop of players he's competing against. You know, Sam Donna, SC, Josh Rosen out of UCLA, Baker Mayfield from OU from 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 uh, Oklahoma. Damn good players. But if, if again, if Jackson does his thing, we may have a bet. This is the best shot we may see of a, a of a repeat Heisman winner since Archie Griffith did it in the in the mid seventies for Ohio State. But, I, yeah. but that said, I think Clemson is going to win. Their defense is just too nasty. And wow. Louisville again, it's not as talented as it were last year. Even though the game is at Louisville, even though the game they would be at Louisville, even though Louisville. Mm-hmm. In some of the situation last year when game day came to them when they hosted Florida State and they hung 63 on them on Florida mm-hmm. State, I, I still can't believe I ever saw any team, see any team hangs over that many points on Florida State, let alone 63. Exactly, um, none of my lifetime. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it, it's I, I just don't see Louisville obviously not scoring that much, but I don't see them cracking 20 against Clemson. So, oh wow! With Clemson's, with Clemson's performance, yeah, I went there. <laughs> with Clemson's performance against Auburn um, uh, uh, last week, and I think Auburn's a damn good team. They sat their quarterback eleven times, held them to six points. Oh. I, 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 I don't it's know. Fine. Again, if, if 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 Lamar does his thing, you might as well give him the Heisman Trophy right, you know, right then and there. But I, I think Clemson's going to. I think it's going to be a close game. But I don't see Louisville cracking 20. And I, I think Clemson's going to shut down Lamar Jackson once all said and done. Wow. Now, see, that's the funny thing because, like you, on um, on our show, Sleazy Sports, last night, I did pick Clemson yep. to win that game because I was leaning on Clemson's defense. But for whatever sure. reason, what Coach said on our show last night has been resonating in my head ever since. Uh, and, and you add on what you said just a couple of minutes ago, just yep. makes it that much worse. The fact of game day is going to be there. They're going to be at Louisville. Talk of what they did to Florida State is going to be in the air. Your boy is riding high right now. You know, looks just like what happened last year where you got up to that quick start early mm-hmm. against a very tough Florida State team. That they throttled at the crib. They beat the hell out. I never seen that in my life. The way they exactly. got housed. Now I don't know exactly how much better that Clemson defense is than it was last year. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember, Louisville took that Clemson team to the brink at Death Valley. That's right. Just That's last true. year. Right now, without Deshaun. Who are they going to rely on in order to score points? It'll have to potentially be the defense in order to keep up pace. Good point. With uh, 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 with your boy Jackson, and, and that's why I'm afraid that this game might be one sided and lopsided in in, wow. in the favor of the Cardinals. I'm, I'm going against myself here, which is which is uh, <laughs> rare, but when it happens, it happens. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and take Louisville in that situation. It's just gonna be that that crowd of being at the crib and recalling everything that happened last year. Because that Clemson loss, in my opinion, is what caused the downfall of them uh, of the Cardinals oh, yeah. last it year. Fell apart and, after that. And, and you know, it just completely fell apart. And 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 
it, it, it took him out of the race. You know, even though, you know, Lamar still won the, the Heisman, it just – that was a team that was that, – that could have been, a, a you know, in the playoffs very easily. So this is one of those situations where I think they're, they're coming in. I'm oh, sorry, what was that? No, yeah, I was going to say – yeah, I was going to say that. I'm uh, sorry, man. I was going to say that when when after after Louisville lost that game last year, I remember the first not the, I don't think it was the first, but maybe the first or second college football playoff rankings came out, and they uh-huh. had Louisville at fifth instead of fourth, and I think that deflated them. Mm-hmm. They were like, we took Clemson to the brink in Death Valley, and we beat down Florida State, a good Florida State team. Mm-hmm. You know, beat them, hung sixty-three points on them, beat them by over, over like beat them by over forty. Um, and and they were like, we're just fifth, because remember when yeah. when when Coach Petrino, uh, Bobby Petrino, Lamar uh, Jackson, several other players were bitching about that, and yeah. they came up and they were they were going to come up on a short week at Houston, a damn good Houston team last year. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not going to surprise me if they get beat by Houston because they're clearly distracted, clearly distracted. Yeah. And then they're getting their asses beat, beat down on national television on Thursday night game. Houston just took them to the woodshed, and, and it was down here from there. Um, so it was just, so basically one would wonder, because Louisville lost, that was the first loss. So mm-hmm. one could only wonder if, you know, play the game, what if? You know what if yeah. um, what 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 if Louisville was focused focused after that loss and ran the table against like good competition? What if you know they would have pushed Ohio State for that fourth spot? Or well no well, no no Ohio State would see the third no yeah yeah they would see the third and Washington would see the fourth they would have pushed Washington they would have pushed Washington because I think they would have pushed Washington in, yeah in, in, no matter what and so it would have mm-hmm. came down come down to to Louisville and Washington for for that fourth spot because not many people yeah. are on the Washington Husky schedule. So they kind of got in by default. But it would have been the best shot of having two teams in the same conference participating in the college football playoff. Let's go to show you, man. Focus. Got to stay focused. Exactly. I think Louisville has the best shot of doing that this year with a less talented team if they come out on the losing end. But – we should see. You say I say it's going to be a close game. Cliff's going to hold them in check. You say it's going to be an ass whooping in Louisville's favor. So, diametric point of, points of views, man. Dueling points of views. So, we'll see. <laughs> but that should be a hell of a game. I know that's at least a hell of an atmosphere, to say the yes. least. Yes. Now, real quick, I know you touched on them real yep. uh, briefly, um, but yes, yeah, sir. Duke. Yeah, they beat Central. They're supposed to beat North Carolina Central. They pounded on, on Northwestern. They should be able to breeze through Baylor. Liberty did. Yeah, but right yeah. after that, they got, I think they got Miami at the crib. They beat Miami. Right. You know, it, 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 it may be, I hate to use the term, they might coast to that division yeah. title. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to. It just popped in my head. But they might coast their way uh, to that division title and, and end up facing whoever comes out of the Atlantic, which which at this point could be either Louisville or Florida State. But I think it's going to be Louisville if they beat Clemson this week. So 
I think within the next couple of weeks, that ACC picture will start to get a little bit clearer. Yeah, and like to your point, Duke plays uh, uh, Carolina at Carolina next next week on the 23rd, and they face Miami. Um, but I, I think I, I think Vitek looks pretty damn good though. Virginia Tech yeah. looks pretty good, and beating West Virginia last last or, or two weeks ago, and they handled the business against fear competition this past week. And Georgia Tech, even though they blew that game against Tennessee, they look pretty good. They look pretty good themselves. Miami, they have to, I have to see Miami against another squad because they did play Bethune-Cookman. But um, I, exactly. think it's going to be, I think it's going to come down really between those three squads, Miami, Vitek, and Georgia Tech. And I think mm-hmm. Virginia Tech right now is a favorite just because they look the part. Um, but we shall see about Duke, though, to your point. If Duke does, they, they should kill Carolina next week after destroying Baylor this week. Yeah. Uh, so they should come into the Miami game at 4-0. and And if they beat Miami, who is who is loaded defensively this year, look mm-hmm. the hell out. I'll, 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 I'll start paying real attention to, 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 uh, to Duke, and this will be, be fun to call. So, uh, by the way, um, their coach, David Cutcliffe, he's pound for pound for best coach in college football. To do what he got mm. said is every year about him. To do what he's doing at Duke. Yeah. A team that has a school that's clearly a yeah. basketball school, that clearly doesn't get as much resources as the Florida State's, Miami's, and the Vitex of the world, and the Clemson's of the world. To do what he's doing, SEC-style coaching him, doing what they're doing, he's doing at an Ivy League-like school like Duke, Totally amazing. Mm-hmm. Totally amazing. It just I, I, I say that about him every year for the past four or five years, but it just bears repeating again and again and again. Duke can coach. Duke can yeah. fly out coach. It just it just I was, if, you, if you look at that football team historically within the state, yes. football wise, they're not even in the top five. And I'm talking about uh with other F with with FCS schools as well. They're not even talking yeah. about in that conversation in the top five. Now, they may be able to beat the FCS schools, but even mm-hmm. people don't even look at them as being that great because you still have State, you have uh, 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 Wake Forest. Um, some people will say, yeah, some people say App State, you know. Yeah. And, and yep. then you may start getting to Carolina and Duke. So it, it's mm-hmm. for him to have done – what he's done with that program over the past couple of years has been above and beyond. Totally amazing. Totally yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, so speaking of totally amazing, let's talk about week one of the NFL season. Oh, wow. I could go on and on about games that stuck out to me, but to me, none stuck out to me more than Kansas City just beating the dog piss out of New England yeah. on Thursday night. That was just, I mean, just think about how the game swung. At the end of the third quarter, New England was winning twenty-seven to twenty-one. Yeah, I went to bed at okay. that point. Yeah, I, I just tur- I turned away from. I think well, New England got this wrapped up. They don't lose when they go into the into the fourth quarter with a lead, especially the first game of the season after they won the Super Bowl. Everyone mm-hmm. was charged up in that place. Everyone was charged up at, at the crib. Everyone's hype and excited. Then Kansas City scores twenty-one unnecessary points. Ball game. Big play yeah. after big play 
Alex Smith was not checked down Alex. He was downfield Alex, throwing bombs, just just chunk play after chunk play. And, you know, how about that, um, what was it, Kareem Hunt, that rookie? Yes. From, uh, uh, where the hell did he come from? He was like, I think, a third-round pick. Out of, he was. Uh, I forget what school they went to. I'm, 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 I'm God, looking at I can't right remember off the top of my head either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's from Toledo. That's right. He was a speed. I remember seeing a couple of Mac games where he was just just speedy up and down the field for uh, Toledo. He's a he's speed demon. But he showed out. I mean, granted, he had, his first carry was a fumble, but he rebounded mm-hmm. quite nicely to the tune of seven. 140 yards rushing on 17 attempts and one touchdown, rushing touchdown. And he Insane. had, like, that long pass reception where he took he t- yeah. to the house, I mean, a 78-yarder, and he had two receiving touchdowns in that game. So he counted for three of their scores. And it's just, wow. That's what I have to say. But, I mean, it sucks for the Kansas City that they lost Eric Berry for the year for what looked like a – Rupture's Achilles, which sucks for them big time. He's the guy on defense. Mm-hmm. But the Kansas City, at least for one week, they look like the best team in the league. I mean, again, this is early. But the yeah. way they went in and beat down New England, shut down, made Tom Brady look ordinary, like a 40-year-old dude that he is, that's just something. I, I just – that's by far and away my, 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 my performance of the week right there. That that's up there. Um, there are three things, actually four things that stood out to me uh, during yep. that week. Well, during this past week, and I'm gonna be real quick. Of course, the play of sure. Kansas City in New England, um, the state of Ohio. It, it, uh, yeah, both oh, teams God. lost, but it was the way that both teams lost. And you would have thought mm-hmm. that it would have been the inverse. You would have thought that Cincinnati would have been the competitive team, and that right. the the Browns would have been the team to get blown out. No, no, no. Greg Williams, like I, I think I saw you post it. Greg Williams and that coach. defense in, in Cleveland. Once again, Cleveland, they may have had a tough time last year, but defensively they were competitive. Now you add in yeah. Greg Williams in that situation and a couple of healthy players on the defensive side of the ball, they may uh, end up giving some teams some fits. They may not win a lot of games, but they'll continue to give teams right. fits. Number three, yeah. and this is the one yeah. that's near and dear to my heart, the uh-huh. way that rookie running backs played that this past weekend. We talked about Kareem Hunt. Leonard Fournette, right. I scoffed at him during the preseason. Oh, yes. He had a hell of a game. When he said that, you know, this is like playing in slow motion. He, he has this. Well, surprise, surprise, he goes to Houston – 26 carries for 100 yards. All right, Bama, you got it. And then mm. my man, the human joystick, the black Jew, whatever nickname you want to call him, uh, uh, chicken mm. salad, Tariq Cohen had a combined, I think it was 167 total yards. And I think he, he matter of fact, I know he broke a rookie, a Bears yeah, rookie, record rookie record for combined yeah. yards. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, had that touchdown as well, and it looks like he may end up getting some more run because um, they don't have a lot of receivers out there in Chicago with uh, Kevin White being hurt, 
and, and, and they don't necessarily have anybody backing him up. They don't have any titles out there. Looks like he may get a lot of pass, and it may be a nice situation where he's be, becomes that dual threat with Jordan Howard. So to Tariq, I salute him. Aggie Pride, fantastic first career game, young brother. Great to see that happen. And, and and I'm just waiting to see whether or not the play. Christian McCaffrey had a good game in in, in uh, Carolina. So mm-hmm. and, and and a young guy from um, New Orleans. I can't remember what his name is, but he got the bulk of the, of the carries down there for the Saints. So I want to see if that carries over the week two, and, and if that continues over to, to be what it is. And um, the L.A. Rams. I hope that they're not real. Because of course they play the skins this week, but it's a possibility if they can beat the skins with uh, Sean McVay, the former skins offensive coordinator out there, knowing what kind of plays they that they run and knowing what that offense is capable of, and the way that they put up forty uh, a forty burger on the uh, the luckless Rams last week with two pick sixes, my God! And then you add in Aaron Donald who's coming back, yeah, bruh. Bruh. And the fact that your boy, uh, uh, um, uh, what's his name, Wade Phillips is coaching the defense. One yes. thing about Wade Phillips, he could like Greg Grizz, he could coach defense, but he could really coach defense. And yes. The fact that the Rams, I mean, say what you want, yeah, they play the Colts. The Colts are horrible. They're probably the worst uh-huh. team in the, like in football, like without Andrew Luck. But the fact that the Rams hung forty six. 46 points. Mm-hmm. And Jared Goff looked good. He looked good. He yes. passed for 300 yards for, for a touchdown and a touchdown. And, you know, he passed, and, and, you know, he's 21 and 29, which is great accuracy. Yeah. But they just beat them down. They beat the Colts down. I mean, yes. hell, if this was, if the, if the Rams were still led by J, Mr. 79 himself, Jeff Fisher, it would have been nine to three. <laughs> it would have been it would have been a very low scoring game. But props to the new coach like uh, that McVay cat for doing that. But I want to go back to what you said about Leonard Fournette and his Jaguars. Twenty nine to seven. Tell yeah. me, raise your hand if you saw that coming. Twenty nine to seven. Not at all. Hundred yards in this in this debut. One touchdown for Leonard Fournette. Blake Boys was terrible. As usual, I mean, he was 11-21 for just 125 yards in the touchdown. But he didn't turn the ball over. True. Yes, but he didn't turn the ball over, I don't think. I think that's going to be the Jaguars. I mean, they Jaguars' recipe for success this year because they brought back Tom Coughlin to run the football ops. And he's an old-school like guy from the uh, – he's from the uh, Bill Parcells coaching tree of ground mm-hmm. and pound. Remember, the, the most successful years in Jacksonville was Perry can run the running game. I mean, yeah. say what you want well, about Mark Brunell lighting it up through, through, through the L, but it was Fred Taylor that made that ship go on offense. And no, mm-hmm. not many teams had an answer for him. And that's what, oh, oh, that's what opened up the passing game. So I think, in credit, for, in credit to Coffin for recognizing this, going back, going back to old school football, ground and pound, they play in hot ass, sticky ass, humid Jacksonville, Florida. Round <laughs> out their opponents. Make them wear those. Make the Vincent team wear the dark jerseys that early this, or the the first half of the season was really hot and humid. Ground them yeah. out, pound them out, and 
Buster Jaguars have deep talent on defense, y'all. They got they're very talented defensively. Yeah. All it takes is something to get to pull those parts together, and I think Coughlin is going to do that. As you know, and, and, and props to, so basically keep an eye on the Jaguars. I know again it's week one. Don't want to get too excited over them. No. But keep an eye out for those. Keep an eye out for them because we're going. To, let me go to next week right quick. I made my picks earlier. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna go back to my blog right quick because I made my picks early tonight um, of who's gonna win what in game in week number three. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna pick. I'm, I'm gonna throw this at you. Uh, as well, uh, week two, not week three. Week two, I'm thinking about college football. Um, ah. Let's go to Thursday's game. I got the Texans over the Bengals. Sunday's game, I got the Steelers over the Vikings, which I think is going to be a very competitive game. I got the Ravens mm-hmm. destroying the Browns. I got the Panthers beating the, the Bills. I got the Jaguars going to 2-0 and by beating the Titans at home. Again, I think they're going to ground mm-hmm. the hell out of Tennessee. That should be a competitive game because I think Tennessee's good as well. I think the, it didn't show up last week against Oakland because Oakland, I think, is just one of the best teams in the AFC when healthy. Mm. Um, but I think the Titans are, are improved from last season. So this should be a very interesting game. Very interesting. Um, I got the Chiefs over the Eagles to go to 2 and 0. Got the mm-hmm. Patriots being pissed off of losing to the Chiefs the way they didn't. I didn't go and spank the Saints on the road. I got the Buccaneers yeah. beating the. I got the Chargers beating the Dolphins in that little bitty ass soccer stand that they're playing in. Um, I got the Raiders going to two and zero over the Jets. Again, the, the Jets is like an acronym that stands for just in the season. Uh, I got the Broncos winning a close game over the Cowboys in Denver. I don't know. You know, I know why the Cowboys are favored, but I think the Broncos are going to win. I got the Rams over your beloved Washington. I got mm. Seattle over the Forty ers and what could be the game of the week, the rematch of the eight, the NFC Championship game, I got the Falcons beating the Packers and Christmas mm. the new crib. That's a nice-ass crib, by the way. I mean, the, oh, the yes. way I the can't old, wait till December. guy opens up. Yeah, it's, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's great. Even though they stole the Superdome's name, the uh, Mercedes-Benz <laughs> part of it. Mercedes-Benz but, Stadium, which is weird that both teams in the same division with the same stadium name, but I digress. I just can't wait until the yeah. Celebration Bowl, and I'm in there in December. I, I, I'm I'm eagerly anticipating seeing that stadium. I saw it when they were building it, and it looked fantastic. Uh-huh. Then I'm just uh, I'm I'm eagerly anticipating what it's going to look finished. How it's going to look finished? As you should. It's, it should be hell. It should be hell. It should be. It looks it looks fantastic. From what yeah. I've seen on pictures, it looks fantastic. But yeah, you know, Saints fans are petty. They already clowned the Falcons by twenty eight to three and stuff. Now they're gonna take the stadium. Saints fans are the greatest, I tell you. In the Monday night's game I had the Giants over the Lions getting getting back on track. But do you see any of those in the other games that could go the other way from your vantage point? Yes. Um if O D B don't play Monday, Detroit can yep. go the other way. God knows I'm praying. I'm praying. Washington goes the other way. The thing that bothers me, like I said before, uh, Sean McVay knows that offense, that, that, that he knows right. that, that that package, and he knows the plays. Two uh, quick things real quick. Greg Williams actually yeah. turned down the uh, – not Greg Williams, I'm sorry. Um, Wade Phillips turned down the skins job. 
to take the Rams job. And the Nuggets, oh, wow. the first year, whenever Wayne Phillips coaches the defense, that team makes it to the playoffs. Mm. So, mm. Well, the Rams are very talented defensively now. They're they always are. talented defensively for the past few seasons. And it all it's it takes is the offense just to be average, to be average at best. Yes. That's all they need to do. And it, they don't need to be for spectacular. In that division, with the uh, the, the Seahawks O line looking the way that it does, and no David Johnson for uh, two to three months, mm-hmm. if they can get out early, Rams may be dangerous. But God knows, if the Skins don't win this, possibility they start out zero and four with the Raiders and the Chiefs immediately after that. So I'm hoping that goes the other way. We'll see. Um, another game that. Uh, if I remember correctly, I thought I heard you say, um, "Can I run down your picks real quick again?" I'll, I'll see if I get just your winners. I got Steelers over the Vikings. I have what else? I have the Ravens over the Browns, Panthers over the Bills, Jaguars over the Titans. The yeah, Texans I got the over Titans the over the Jags. Okay. Uh huh. Oh, and the Bengals, and I think the Bengals end up winning that game, even though they have a hard time winning in prime time. I got Cincinnati winning that one. And the fourth thing that I forgot to say that surprised me was Marshawn Lynch yes, in Oakland in that run mm. game. With, with that year he off showed out. and the way he looked his final season in Seattle, I thought he was going to come back and and, and, and kind of maybe even stick it up a little bit. But surprise, surprise, maybe he needed some rest. So if we can keep this up mm. and that offense play the way that they do, you know, it's going to be fantastic to see them in Kansas City go at it um, for for the season for the winner of the uh, mm. the AFC West title. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Um, all right. Remember at the beginning of the program, if we had time to freestyle, if we would get yes. through this, like we we have a few more minutes, so I want to freestyle on something here, something that you know for those of you not familiar with the freestyle things, like topics that come spur the moment to me and to you depending on what's happened throughout Sports Week. Well, this just happened last night, and it carried Uh-oh. on to today's discussion. And I think you know where I'm about to go. Um, okay. Jamel Hill for ESPN mm-hmm. is under fire for what she said about Donald Trump on Twitter, basically saying yeah. that he is a white supremacist, uh, which I don't disagree with. Um, but <laughs> the way, the reason why it's so controversial because not only what she said, but she did it on company time, essentially. It's like one of those things where, and how can I put this? Like, if you, if 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 you are like using a company handle or do, or let's just say this: if you have an opinion, you should have from your work email. Uh huh. You know that could land you in hot water. Every workplace has a code of conduct or anything like that where they could terminate you at will. If they mm-hmm. feel like you violate such things, now, you know, before I go, before I continue, again, I agree with what Jamel Hill said. I mean, we, I mean, for those who disagree, I don't have their heads in the sand, or they just, they just in straight denial, or they may be one that, is, they may be a supremacist themselves. Um, <laughs> the fact that he, I could go on and on and on about his transgressions that led me to this point, that from 
using the type of campaign he did to get the Republican nomination, um, to hiring Jeff Sessions, who has a spotty civil rights record, let's just say that, to run his Justice Department, to hire, to having Steve Bannon and knowing as a Semite as his right hand man once upon a time, to this to 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 failing to timely disavow the Klan's um, uh, the Ku Klux Klan's uh, um, uh, what I want to say not uh, not necessarily support but endorsement the endorsement uh, yes. Ku Klux Klan and David David Duke. Uh, he came over, he eventually did, but it took him a few days to do so. Um, and, you know, if those things didn't do it for you, and there are lots of other subjective things that people could mention that I'm not going to go into, the fact that he not only took a long time to condemn this white supremacist at that riot in Charlottesville uh, during the summer was when he came out and rather defiantly said, that there were good people on both sides. Yes. I mean, there's no such thing as a good Nazi. There's no such thing as a good supremacist <laughs> of any color. But that's not a here nor there. Okay? So that's what did it to me. That's that's what said, you know what, I, I can't with this guy. I can't. I mean, he's our president. I respect the office. But damn. Really? But again. Too much evidence. Exactly. Too much evidence, right. Too way too much evidence. However, I just think that Jamel has to be smarter to pick mm-hmm. her balance. I mean, she got she said I mean the thing is she this came out when she was engaged in the Twitter war of sorts with some loser, some random loser who tried to get her go which he did. Yeah. He got her to he got her to take the bait. She said what she said about the about President Trump. And that's what landed her in hot water. I think the ESPN, from what I heard, reprimanded her behind the scenes. People said that she kind of went dark on Twitter because she tweets like crazy, and she went dark mm-hmm. for like quite like a while after that. I didn't see the six today. I didn't see if she apologized or not. She made some type of statement about it. But um, yeah, you got to just—I mean, just like uh, uh, her mayor was was saying, will tell you time and time again. Don't hit sand, especially if you get in the Twitter war with some loser in his mom's basement somewhere in Timbuktu. You know, <laughs> you, you got she has to be smarter than that. Again, I don't yeah. disagree with what she said. She's absolutely factually correct as far as I'm concerned. But I just think that she has to be smarter to pick her battles because she's, she's a high-profile employee off of a big-time mm-hmm. network. Everything she says yes. and does, fair or not, is going to be amplified to the umpteenth degree. You got people from Fox News, people from um, Braveheart, people from uh, all over Twitter just saying all this stuff about her, kind of coming Scott. and calling herself the N-word, and just yeah. making her life, trying to make her life a complete hell away from it. Just because she has people she from the White House. Yes, you know she has people from the White House. One of her fires, so they're coming from everywhere. Yes, but my thing is, man, as as factual as she as as what she said, as factual as as it was, as it is, you got to you got to be smarter than that. Again, if it was, I know 
I, I, she's not a professional athlete, so I can feel safe in drawing this comparison. If I was to do something similar while I was at Duke Energy, using the Duke Energy email account or or, or what have you, mine has to be mm-hmm. terminated in the New York Minute. If if you if anyone was working like Glaxo Welcome, whether it's like IBM, or if you ever like a a, a, um, a high profile person in the leadership position making a controversial statement, whether it's true or not, they're going to be they're going to face some consequences. There was a guy at a, a professor at a university who's condemning some hate speech or what have you, who got reprimanded for it. Badly mm-hmm. reprimanded for it. It's just that you some things you just gotta fight your battles. And my sound like I'm tap dancing maybe. I'm just saying she has a powerful platform that could be used I mean, she's using it obviously she's using it for good, it's been using it for good, but doing a damn good job at it. I just don't want to have to I just don't want her to lose that platform. No. I don't want her her to risk losing that platform. But and ESPN is trying to close the case on its own, but Pressure is mounting, particularly mm-hmm. from the White House, particularly from conservative outlets, particularly, you know, and we know what those conservative outlets are. And mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it's just worth the headache for her. And for her to work so hard, Lord knows how long she's hard she's long and hard she's worked to get to this point. To be even put on ESPN before the the, the, the you know, the sixth and before his and hers. Um, mm-hmm. I just hate to see her lose that because she was suckered by some Twitter nobody go to her to say what she said about President Trump. That's 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 why I feel the that's why I feel the worst about. I just fear I fear the worst for her. I don't think she'd be fired, but I've seen people get let go for similar things. Less 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 similar. I don't want to say let some of this sound right. I want to say. Similar offenses, but less severe, less controversial than this. Okay. Yes. Going back to Kurt, what Kurt Schilling said about the LGBT community twice over when it's been one not to, to say still, even though she's, she's lit, I mean, she may be nice looking, but she's in the second place. For her to be demoted <laughs> of what she said about Colin Kaepernick, Mike Evans taking a knee, and President Trump. And, yeah. you know, I, I, just, I, just, I just fear that Again, the pressure's mounting, and I, I just hope I just hope to God that she doesn't lose it, that that Jamel doesn't lose her job over this. I don't want her to be muted over this because that's not who she is. I just no. want her to continue to use the platform to speak out on issues the way she's been doing. She and Michael Smith been doing many exactly on the, uh, like, uh, like on the network and white oh my white 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 or black or or Hispanic, but I just I exactly. just again. That's why you, I just think people need to be smarter about what they do on social media, especially if they're a high-profile person at a high-profile business, in a high-profile mm-hmm. business. Got to be smarter than that. Your thoughts? Very much so. Now, um, I saw an article uh, earlier today before I got on the show with you, and the, the, mm-hmm. the headline stated a question. Basically, should she continue to – you know, engage with her with, with the viewership, or she should she just avoid trolls altogether? My answer to that is yeah. both, because that that's part of the success of Jamel Hill and Michael Smith. It's the fact that you know they're capable of of 
bringing in relevant culture. I would say generational, generationally relevant culture into sports and combining the two. Because, right. of course, they're, they're almost hand in hand. You know, the, the mm-hmm. culture is reflected in sports and, and vice versa. Other things, right. you know, their, their political views is also something that's been a part of this show. And their interaction, their open interaction with viewership through social media is something else that has aided in their success. The thing is, right. like you said, they have to be careful in how you respond because of the fact that you are a representative of a brand. Now, exactly. that brand, and that's one of the things that a lot of people have complained about over the uh, past couple of the years. They're hoping mm-hmm. that they can actually use sports as an escape to get away from things such as politics because sure. of how divisive and how scary po- uh, politics has become over the past couple mm-hmm. of months. Yes. Actually, over the past year. Actually, yeah. past couple of years. Yeah, because of Obama. Almost two, years in the making, two years in the making, really. At least two years in the making. At, at least but, two, yeah. yes. Yeah. But um, the way things have become, people uh, are looking to, to actually use sports as a way to get away from that. But because of the way that society is, that's bled over into sports as well. And unfortunately, from time to time, it has to be addressed. But you have to be mindful if you're not doing it through your own means, you have to realize that you are a representative of a brand that has to continue to generate. And they've already uh, uh, proven that they don't need certain names in order to to continue on. This will be a, a proving ground on what on how much they actually Jermail Hill, because like you said, there yeah. was a demotion with Sage Steele, there was a firing of Kurt Schilling, then we had the recent mass firing of a bunch of people. This will be right. a telltale situation on how they they see her and and how important they see both her and Smith at that 6 o'clock right. spot and, and, and how yeah. it continues on. Now, I don't want them to shy away from what it is that they've done, but just be mindful of, of so how you're successful. doing it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what has made them successful. Just be mindful of, of how you do it. Be able to continue to identify the trolls. Let them be. Make sure the situations. I understand that you don't you don't realize that something is becoming the situation while you're in it, but just be try to be as cognizant as possible and be mindful of that. I'm not going to say don't do it, mm-hmm. but do it in a manner in which you're not being completely disrespectful to the brand in which you're working for. Because I want you to be there. I want you to still be a voice and, and do so somehow, some way. And, and unfortunately, if something happens, I want you to be able to go somewhere where you can continue to do what it is that you can do. But God knows. Yes. I'm not a super fan of FS1. I know you love it. I'm still, it's well, still a quiet case for me. Do, I can do it about a couple of people. We won't name names, but I know that you know who they are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I don't yeah. want to see her go there. I just want to see her continue to, to be able to be a voice about sports and about social uh, topics because she's fantastic at it. She is. You know, this TV is saying, one, maybe? I'm, what's that? TV One, maybe? 
Maybe, I mean, maybe, you know, but I, I know TV with, one doesn't necessarily, they're not large on sports, and I, 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 right. I just want her to be in a spot where she's still going to be able to, to, to have the audience in which she has currently. Yes. But, okay. um, yeah, let's just say that I have my own brush of a situation like that when, when it dealt with the yard, and that's how I ended up with my own personal Twitter account. Something that just happened by accident, it's just all about respecting the brand and making sure you don't drag your brand down because once you have a soiled name, it can really affect uh, how your company is perceived. And they're in the business of generating revenue, and you don't want to have a bad look when you're trying to generate money. Right, right, exactly. Well said, brother. Well said. Let's just hope for the best for Jamel, and we'll see what happens, bro. We'll see what happens. But thanks again for joining me, brother. Let's do it again next week, as we always do. Always. All right. Peace out, my man. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash, co-host, my co-pilot. Please check him out on the uh, the, uh, the HBCU Sports Sports blog about all things HBCU Sports as well as Sleepy Radio every Tuesday night here on Blog Talk Radio. Lots of to digest, but we managed to do it. Managed to do it. So I hope you all enjoyed this. And thank you all for tuning in to the Clown Hour. This is Scott Burke signing off. Oh, six. Good night and have a good weekend.